Welcome to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Eric Smith, and I am joined by Drew DeLuca, as always, to go through sit-start week eight of the NFL. Uh, It's about the time of the year, Drew, where things start to make a lot more sense in the NFL. Wait, no, actually, I just saw Kirk Cousins primetime uh, with no Justin Jefferson shred the San Francisco 49ers defense. So maybe week eight, we still don't know what's going on. But uh, welcome to the show, Drew. How are you doing this week? I, you know what, I, I've, I've been better. We, we didn't record a podcast for a while. So the Phillies have started to lose, started losing. So now they're out. We, every time we were recording, they're winning big. And then, uh, they just kind of just fell off the face of the earth. So that was pretty difficult, disappointing to watch. And, uh, even more disappointing to explain to my five and seven year old why the Phillies are done. <laughs> so they're, uh, so they're, uh, it's nice. nice that they gave us a nice little ride there. So, but now, you know, Philadelphia, we're still love, we're still lucky to have the Eagles sitting here, what, six and one. So uh, it's a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. And, uh, uh, things are going well. Otherwise, we're, uh, got, got some pretty good waiver run stuff we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, and, uh, we'll give a shout out to our sit start people here too. Uh, the, the, the article's coming out, um, I guess tomorrow morning. So, Excited to get into it here with you, Eric. Uh, but also the podcast we had published Monday night or into Tuesday morning. That was Callan Elslager, Mario Damo, and Brian Hartman did a great job kind of uh, going over the uh, the waiver wire gems du jour, if you will, of the week. So um, we'll hit on some of those people, as well, some of those guys as we'll go through tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So like Drew said, check out the website for the sit start article, every single relevant fantasy player covered great work as always by our team uh, in the works now. So it'll be out to you probably by the time you listen to this podcast. So, all right, let's get into some of the news up top here, Drew. Uh, We are going to start out in Miami. I I think we talk about Miami every single week, but um, a little little, uh, more negative this week, just with some injuries popping up. So we've got Tyreek Hill with a hip injury, did not practice Wednesday. Raheem Mostert with an ankle, did not practice. Jalen Waddle with a back was limited. Like, is there any opportunity here we should be searching for beyond these big names against uh, New England this week? Like, it's just such a dynamic offense. I want to find some way to take advantage of this. I'm just not sure that there is one. Well, part of the reason why it's a dynamic offense is because you have guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle yeah. and Raheem, Raheem Mostert, and they're all hurt. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I know I should be excited about this opportunity here to find some hidden gems with the healthy two with Tagovailoa at the helm, but I just can't get yeah. excited for Durham Smythe and uh, River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson Jr. It's just, you know, it's just it's kind of like you know, here we are going to the, you know. Seeing our fate, our Miami Dolphins, but we're we're stuck watching you know preseason week two, so I kind of feel like that's what's happening here. So maybe Jeff Wilson Jr., maybe Salvin Ahmed, we those uh, potential um, you know guys that I could see sticking my in lineups uh, in an RB two spot or a flex spot, perhaps if we can get some clarity as to what their roles are going to be in the coming days. If Mostert can't play, I think one or both of those guys could potentially offer some value, but I'm. I'm kind of a, a you know fading some of those receivers and tight ends. I don't expect that uh, the Dolphins are going to be able to kind of really hit on all cylinders. Uh, I think the the Monday night game against the Eagles was rough. I know Waddle uh, was tough watching him. You know, obviously in a lot of pain. Um, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely uh, concerning if you're a Dolphins fan to see the team starting to fall apart mid season. So, but uh, hopefully the good news is the two is healthy. So uh, that, yeah. I think that was if you had to put put odds on who who in the Dolphins would be hurt at this point in the season. I think a lot of people would have put put their chips on Tua, and he's been pretty healthy, which is great news. 
Yeah, so we'll see how serious all these injuries are. Keep an eye on it. I, I've been trying to talk myself into buying low on Jalen Waddle for weeks, and I have not because of the injury stuff, Drew. Uh, but yeah. it's just it's worth noting that if Tyreek Hill misses time, like that's a potential league winner right there in Jalen Waddle. I know it's been disappointing. He's got to get healthy, but yeah, just keep an eye on this because it's a, a huge piece of the pie that would open up if, if Tyreek Hill is really injured here. For sure. All right. All right, next up, another dynamic offense uh, with some injury trouble. Uh, Brock Purdy, out of nowhere after that Monday night game, is in the concussion protocol. It looks like he might have gotten it on a quarterback sneak that they attempted. I'm not sure if it qualified as a tush push or not, but uh, he, he, he took a shot to the head. It's a short week, so I don't think we should suspect Brock Purdy out there against the Bengals. Uh, Drew, it's the experiment we've been waiting for all year. Sam Darnold will... <laughs> likely start for the 49ers like we get to see what this what the the Shanahan experience does for Darnold so I'm excited about this I'm not sure it's going to be pretty but I'm very curious to see what happens well unofficially Sam Darnold's played with more teams in the last four years than any other quarterback not named Carson Wentz so I know it's a Shanahan (laughs) offense here but one thing that we're missing here is also a major piece in Debo Samuel so I I think that you know put Sam put Sam Darnold in a in a in a San Francisco 49ers offense that has all of its horses, and I'm a lot more excited about it than than I probably would than I probably am right now. Um, I know the Bengals aren't exactly you know the 85 Bears here defensively, but uh, they're not exactly pushovers. So we'll see. I, I mean, I think he he could have a mid link performance at least. You know, potentially potential streaming option for sure, especially in two quarterback leagues. Uh, just weird with Brock Purdy came out of nowhere. You know, I guess it was on the team flight. Uh, home that he started having some some minor symptoms or then it, I guess it kind of flared up from there so very strange yeah. uh, I think the odds of him playing are pr- pretty much next to zero uh, you know in such a short week and I don't I don't th- I can't remember anyone so far this year uh, get, getting in the going in the percussion co- uh, concussion protocol and then playing that same week I don't think that's happened yet this 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 season not that I can recall yeah. so I, I, I just hope he's able to play next week that's kind of where I'm at with Brock Purdy. Yep. And like you said, doesn't look like Debo Samuel's playing. So this may be a limited offense for now. Um, yeah, start McCaffrey. That's not changed. And we'll see probably a lot of targets funneled to Brandon Ayuk. But it could be a little yeah. up and down with Sam Darnold under center. So, um, yeah, big matchup against the Bengals, though. That's a big game for both teams. So I, I know I'm looking forward to it. So uh, yeah. now we get to watch Sam Darnold instead of Brock Purdy. Kind of sad, but should yeah. still be fun. Yeah, it could be a kid a week, too. Could be a George kid a week, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he got the Bengals the last time they played a couple years ago pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely capable of going off. So, mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to Cleveland, uh, where Jerome Ford with a knee injury. It actually looks like he is going to avoid IR. So, at least their uh, now starting running back will not be out four weeks guaranteed. But looks like he's going to miss a week or two. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong are the next men up against the Seahawks this week um, after Jerome Ford's injury last week. Pierre Strong saw 63% of the running back snaps. Kareem Hunt, 34%. Uh, Hunt has been battling some injuries of his own. He's on their injury report this week, so I'm sure that led into that split a little bit. Uh, Browns also have P.J. Walker starting again at quarterback, so uh, the offense is kind of in shambles here, Drew. I'm not sure how you're feeling about this Browns offense going forward. Yeah, uh, P.J. Walker is interesting because he's – you watch him in the game and he does, he makes some pretty impressive plays, 
but uh, he's just he, he's he's not an NFL quarterback, at least not a starting NFL quarterback. Uh, he struggles to move the ball through the air, but he just finds a way to kind of matriculate the ball downfield, but and give his position his team a position to make plays without doing anything too care too un, uh, ridiculously stupid. So, um, yeah. so if I'm a Browns fan, I guess you could you could be worse off with that with Walker in there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested in strong. So. You mentioned he saw sixty three percent of the snaps after her after uh, uh, with Hunt getting thirty four percent there. Um, I, I have this quite a few leagues. Like I got picked up strong quite a few leagues this last waiver run. The Browns have a really good uh, blocking offensive line. Our, obviously, uh, probably the best in the AFC, uh, and he has got opportunity here as you just mentioned, and then chance for even more because Hunt is not one hundred percent, so he's not healthy all the way because we weren't even sure who's going to play this time last year or last week. Uh, but um, Strong has a meaningful path to playing time here uh, and then the uh, uh, chance to really have that for a lot longer than I think that many people realize, obviously, with Chubb out for the season. So I really like Strong a lot. I think he's probably still out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, he's a guy that uh, a lot of people spend a lot of fab money on, a lot of guys like Amari DiMercato and uh, you know Zach Evans in recent weeks. But uh, you know Pierre Strong could be ahead for, for nothing right now in a lot of leagues. I think that's great value. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I mean, this Browns offense put up 39 points last week in Indy. It was a bit deceiving, though. They had turnovers, short fields, uh, a big, wrong, big long run. Uh, I mean, if you look at the box score, the offense was not completely lighting it on fire. I mean, 178 yards yeah. passing for Walker, uh, yeah. 150 rushing, which is good. But uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of a good and bad from last week's performance in Indy. But yeah, I mean, there's a good infrastructure here with the with the the Browns and we know they're going to get this running game going with that offensive line so I am interested in the running backs uh kind of wait and see on the quarterback situation though as far as the the pass catchers go yeah yeah for sure okay let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers uh where Joshua Palmer has popped up with an ankle injury and Gerald Everett uh, the tight end with a hip injury both did not practice on Wednesday uh Everett especially seems up in the air for the matchup this week against the Bears uh, looks like a nice opportunity for Quentin Johnson, uh, maybe Donald Parham in a real deep league. Like, what do you think about this uh, Chargers offense going forward? Oh, uh, yeah, they're going to have opportunity, but my concern is what they're going to do with it. So Parham's been kind of a one-trick pony in short yardage and goal line situations, and Johnson just hasn't flashed like so many of the other rookie wide receivers and even tight ends this season. So, I mean, let's go through the list here. We got Jordan Addison. The JSN finally showed up. Uh, we of course uh, Josh uh, Joshua Downs uh, has had a few great games here for the Colts. So uh, Zay Flowers in Baltimore. So the list goes on and on for wide receiver and of course a tight end. Uh, Luke Musgrave has had uh, has flashed for amongst others. Uh, Sam Laporta has been has been really impressive. So there's so many great rookie uh, rookies in this class, pass catchers, receivers, and tight ends. And uh, Johnson's had opportunity here with uh, Mike Big Mike Williams being out and has not seized the moment. So. Uh, that said, I think if it's going to happen, it's going to be uh, this week against the Chicago Bears. So um, yeah. we'll see. It's possible. I think I think it could be one of those one of those deals where it could be like a, a two catch, one hundred and one yard kind of a day with a touchdown yeah. for, for for a long touchdown for Quentin Johnson. I can totally see that happening. Um, yeah. But I just think it smells like a huge week for Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler because the Chargers can't really afford to get cute after the start they've gotten off to, and I'm not really sure that the Bears can shut down either one of those guys, and they definitely can't shut down both of them. 
Yeah, and Palmer, I mean, he led the team in snaps last week, 62 snaps, seven targets. Uh, Quentin Johnson did play a decent amount, uh, 34 uh, snaps, but only saw two targets. So he did have an opportunity. They weren't really looking his way. Uh, he should have a big opportunity this week. I I do worry if Palmer is out and Johnson doesn't step up, like they're going to have Keenan Allen, who's great. Um, Austin Eckler has been great. He has not quite got back to full speed coming off that injury. So I don't know. They're starting to run out of weapons. They really need Johnston or somebody to step up here. But if Eckler goes back to old Eckler, him and Keenan Allen, they, they can probably survive for a few weeks. So just worth keeping an eye on. They're, the injuries are really starting to pile up here for this Chargers offense. Yeah, and and if you're going to have a get-right game, it's going to be the Bears So yeah. for Austin Eckler. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Yep, and they need Herbert to play a little better. So maybe everything will click this week. We will see. So, Okay, up next for the New Orleans Saints, Juwan Johnson, the tight end. uh, Calf injury finally returned to a limited practice. Uh, He was a big sleeper for me heading into the season. That hasn't worked out, but this is more noteworthy because uh, Taysom Hill's kind of popped off the last couple weeks. Juwan Johnson's expected back, but uh, are we worried this kind of ends the Taysom Hill party here, Drew? He, He was actually turning into a pass catcher recently, and maybe that changes with Johnson back. Yeah, I think we should be worried long term uh, with Johnson kind of rounding back into form here. But I think the party rages on for another week. And once J- okay. once Jawan's off the injury report altogether, then I think we can start really talk about sunsetting uh, Taysom Hill. But I think until yeah. J- Jawan's hitting, uh, firing, on, firing on all cylinders, I think Hill's going to have a role. He just kind of finds a way to kind of get in there and do things. And he's been doing that again. And like you mentioned, more as a pass catcher uh, this re- in recent weeks instead of a running back or quarterback or whatever it is that he does. It's a punter. Who yeah. knows? So. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that is uh, it's noteworthy, though, in PPR leagues, because when he's getting six carries for 30 yards, that's not doing a lot for you in PPR. Six catches for 30 yards is kind of a bigger deal. So we do want to make sure Taysom Hill is catching passes as far as his Mm -hmm. fantasy value. Standard league uh, probably doesn't change a whole lot, but. Okay, let's get to another messy team here, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, One of my past uh, favorites, Traylon Burks, uh, is returning to a full practice with a knee injury. If this was a different situation, I might be kind of excited on Burks as like a stash down the stretch here. Uh, But this Titans quarterback situation is a real mess. Um, Ryan Tannehill will not practice Wednesday. Mike Rabel says Malik Willis might play, but Will Levis is going to be the starter. So both quarterbacks might play. I don't know. Either way, we may be looking at Will Levis against the Falcons here. Um, Any interest in anyone in this offense? Or is this just like getting too gross here in Tennessee? Well, uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to get excited really about anybody in this offense. So uh, with with the situation being what it is and this Will Levis experiment is going to go one of two ways. Is he going to be, wow, Levis, he's way better than I thought he was going to be. Now there's going to be, wow, Levis, no wonder the team still has Malik Willis on the roster. So it's going to be one of those two things. And I don't think there's a whole lot of middle ground for it, for anything in the middle there. So uh, I do yeah. think that Levis, Levis, though, with his cannon is probably the guy you want under center if you're holding shares of Burks. I think he has the yeah. ability, if he does hit, to kind of really uh, maximize Burks' ceiling. So I think, I think uh, you know, Willis looks like that has the propensity to kind of, first of all, hold on the ball too long and not really read the defense very well. And second of all, you know, potentially call his own number and scramble out there where I feel like Levis is probably going to get back there and stay back there and fire a lot more likely. Uh, and uh, I don't think Tannehill has the, uh, the downfield arm anymore, really, to kind of utilize Burks's or unlock Burks and uh, yeah. some of the uh, what he can do downfield at least. So. So that's see, I'm not I'm not super excited about the situation in general. Uh, it's kind of a you know 
Burks, I think, is on waiver wires a lot right now. And it's inter- he's yeah. an interesting ad, I guess, if you have space. Uh, and just kind of wait and see how it all plays out with Levis. But uh, I'm not really that hopeful. Yeah, and to be clear, I wouldn't recommend adding him right now. Uh, He's worth keeping an eye on. There's a huge opportunity here in this team, especially if some of the rumors of Derrick Henry getting traded come true. Hopkins hasn't been doing a ton. Um, They just need something at the quarterback position, though. But speaking of Henry, I mean, we were talking about before the show, if Ty J Spears is out there on your waiver wires, go get him now because – uh, if Derrick Henry were to get traded, I think Ty J Spears has shown enough that he could be a bell cow for this Titans team. Oh, for sure, I, I 100% agree. I mean, and and Spears is getting a good amount of snaps as it is, so yeah. he's he's getting a lot of run and he's been productive and he's been efficient with those with that uh, with that workload. So I'm very encouraged for Spears. I think he's a fantastic stash. Yeah, agree. All right, and then this was one that popped up right before the show. Uh, Kenneth Walker uh, for the Seahawks running back did not practice with a calf injury Wednesday. I have no idea if this is legit or not, um, but Zach Charbonnet, after missing last week, is back with a limited uh, practice with his hamstring injury. Like I said, I don't know if this is real, but I I would say go add Zach Charbonnet and see what happens because uh, the Seattle backfield, this is a valuable position to have, and we'll see what's going on with Kenneth Walker later in the week. And I agree with that. So it's, this is only going to mean one thing, and that's going to be the DJ Dallas is going to have 200 yards <laughs> and, and three touchdowns this week, and pull a Do- and pull a Deontay Foreman. That's what's going to happen here. So, but yeah. uh, I, I I think Charbonnet is probably the smart money add there for sure in this situation. Yeah, if you have a spot again, Walker could be yeah. back tomorrow, and, and this is nothing. So we will see. Okay, we'll probably hit on some more injury news as we go, but uh, those were the important ones up top. So let's just get to the running back position here, Drew. We're going to compare your ranks to experts' consensus rankings over at Fantasy Pros. Uh, Just kind of pick out some interesting situations here. So let's start out with some backfields that you are higher on than consensus. Uh, We're going to start with the Panthers. Um, You have Chuba Hubbard uh, running back 26. That's three spots higher than consensus. You have Miles Sanders at 33. That's two spots higher than consensus. They have a home game against the Texans here. Uh, Miles Sanders has returned off his shoulder injury off the bye week. Frank Reich seems to think there's a bit of a committee here. So uh, help us walk through this backfield that's getting a little muddied here. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are on Chuba Hubbard right now, and understandably so. I think he had 19 carries and was 80 yards or something like that. So he had a pretty good day. Um, and, and Houston's a pretty soft run defense, so I can understand uh, you know, why a lot of people are high on him. And I'm higher than consensus. Uh, and yeah. Sanders, I think, is at 33. So it's. Well, I think the, my big question is that do I have the do I have the order correct here? So we're presuming that Chuba Hubbard's going to get a bigger workload than Miles Sanders because Sanders has been hurt and because Hubbard was so efficient last time out. But they gave Sanders a lot of money. Number one uh, and mm-hmm. number two, he's not only has, has it been his shoulder; it's also been his groin. He's been it's kind of been like a low key thing. He's been bothered by a groin injury. He's going back into the summertime, but having that bye week, I think, is really gives him a chance to kind of. Uh, get that right as well. So I'm encouraged. I think he. I think it's possible he comes back uh, and has a good, has a decent game. I could see a 50-50 split going on here, um, and uh, we'll just have to see. So Sanders is a guy that they were looking to get involved in the passing game out from the beginning of the season that quite hasn't hasn't quite worked out. Um, but now that uh, Thielen has kind of emerged as a wide receiver one. I can see uh, defense is trying to throw some things his way and no one else has really stepped up. So I can see, you know, there being room to work underneath for the running backs in this, in this offense. So, um, I can, I don't think it's, uh, inconceivable here, given the matchup that both of these guys could end up both being flex worthy in a timeshare role, uh, this week against Houston. 
Yep, and this Houston team is improved across the board. Uh, they still have given up the 11th most points to fantasy running backs, and it hasn't been exactly a murderer's row schedule. So uh, you can still run the ball on them a bit. Um, but yeah, just kind of for comparison, like you've got Chuba Hubbard in the Najee Harris range, uh, which sounds crazy, but Najee has kind of <laughs> fallen off. Um, yeah. You've got, uh, you know, Miles Sanders in the Roshan Johnson, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon range. So these are pretty legitimate starts this week. We'll see exactly how it shakes out. But uh, I do think uh, we at least saw a little bit of spark from Carolina. Uh, Bryce Young looked a little better as last time out. So hopefully they can get this offense rolling more overall and, and get some points for these these running backs here. Yeah, and that bye week can't can't hurt. Uh, you know, the young quarterback as he getting another week of practice, uh, getting you know, get everything in there. Like, that certainly can't hurt the situation. So I think it helps Sanders. I think it helps Young. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. That's just that's so that's one of the one of the situations and uh, the teams that I'm really looking at uh, from a fantasy perspective. Sometimes we we we're very enamored, obviously, with those with these high high octane offenses. Um, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills is in the, my, and the, uh, the 49ers and the Eagles and all of these, you know, big name offenses. And I'm leaving out a, a bunch of them, but there's gold, there's gold to be mined in these, and then their Hills and some of the lesser <laughs> ones as well. So, uh, these are situations that definitely bear watching. Yep. And it's a little early to write off Bryce Young. So let's see if he yep. can uh, step it up here. So, yep. okay, let's get on to the Colts backfield. Uh, you are higher on Jonathan Taylor by a couple spots. You've got him RB12, ECR, RB14, uh, Zach Moss you're in line with. But I just, I kind of wanted to talk about this backfield anyway for the Colts. Uh, Zach Moss didn't practice on Wednesday with elbow and heel issues. We don't really know if it's serious. Last week, they had a dead equal split of snaps. Each had a whopping 18 carries, which feels totally unsustainable, like 36 Mm -hmm. running back carries. That's not going to happen every week. So what do we make of this backfield of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss in Indianapolis? Well, I was on a Twitter space uh, with uh, John Daigle of 4 for 4 last night, and he was amazing. He was a fantastic guest and was really excited that he joined us. So um, we talked to him about this very topic, and uh, John thinks that Moss has kind of played – very well, actually, and well enough to maintain a share of that backfield rest of the season. He was thinking that uh, he couldn't see Taylor getting much more than a 60-40 split uh, just because of how well Moss has been playing. And he swayed me a little bit. But then, like you mentioned just now, that the word came out about these injuries to Moss. So I think that changes things for me. So I can easily see Taylor getting more run this week, um, coming that hot hand uh, with a big week this week, uh, and then re- relegating Moss to a lesser role going forward. So I can see that happening for sure. Yeah, it it does kind of feel like one of those spots where it, it is what it is until mm-hmm. something happens and then all of a sudden Taylor yeah. takes it right back. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, Moss yep. has been admiral and they're probably not going to completely kick him to the curb, but uh, yeah. Taylor is just the more explosive player. Agreed. All right. Let's get on to Jameer Gibbs here, uh, Detroit Lions running back. I, I really just want to talk about him because I'm I'm happy to see him ranked this highly. Drew, you've got him RB7. Consensus has him RB10. Uh, just pretty much doubts erased, at least while David Montgomery's out, right? Like just, just all clear sailing until we have to worry about Montgomery. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, get into the full panic mode. We talked about that in a previous podcast about how you know the sky was falling with Jameer Gibbs, uh, and that we were we were supposed to sell, 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 and get out while we can, and everything else. And uh, I I wasn't buying that. There's a reason that the Lions went up and got him, uh, and uh, I think part of it's just getting familiar with the offense and the role and everything else that he needed to do. And 
and uh, you know, no, he was impressive last week. He was he absolutely balled out, and I expected Craig Reynolds to have a role, but that didn't quite pan out. So, uh, no. I think it's a favorable matchup for Gibbs here, favorable game script most likely, and I'm going to roll with him every week, no matter who the opponent is, until Monty comes back. And if he keeps this up, he's going to work himself into that role we expected him to have at the outset, and he's still going to be startable even with Montgomery back. Yeah, Gibbs, 65 snaps last week. Reynolds had seven. I mean, Reynolds was dinged up, but still, uh, the lines have shown that they will find somebody to put in the backfield if they have to. And the fact they gave all that work to Gibbs is very impressive. So, yeah, uh, just as long as he keeps this up, stays healthy, doesn't make any massive mistakes, I think uh, it's looking good for Gibbs, even when Montgomery does return. So, I agree with that. All right. Let's get on to a backfield that uh, you specifically wanted me to bring up here, Drew. You you messaged me in Discord during the week. Uh, you want to talk about this Rams backfield. Uh, you are eight spots lower on Daryl Henderson, ECR 28. Uh, you have him 36. And then you're one spot lower on Royce Freeman, who's in the mid-40s. But um, I have my thoughts on this backfield, but I'm going to throw it to you first. What are your thoughts on Rams without Kyron Williams? Well, this here's the thing. I'm not even sure I want a piece of this backfield without Kyron Williams there. So Williams is the guy, and and he got the trust of the back of the the team. Uh, we hadn't seen them commit to a, a running back like that for some time. I think probably since Todd Gurley actually, because uh, Cam Akers was was kind of uh, in and out. Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson has now been in and out. Uh, yeah. They he played a he was the number one running back running back one in this off in this team last week and then were, was immediately relegated to the practice squad. <laughs> so yeah. that's where they so if they if he plays again this week and we assume that he will, uh, he's going to be pulled off the practice squad again to do that. And that doesn't smell like a situation where uh, where a team has full confidence in a guy if they're just kind of jettisoning him back and forth from the practice squad. I just can't get behind that and can't get behind spending a ton of fab money on that situation. So I, I, I didn't spend much at all on, on him, which is why I ended up with zero shares. So everybody else outbid me on him and I was happy to see that. So um, Royce Freeman is Royce Freeman. I mean, uh, when's the last time Royce Freeman did anything at all where he's like, Oh goodness, I'm glad I have Royce Freeman on my team. The last thing, last time we, last time I remember Royce Freeman, he was on Denver and he was disappointing us and we thought he might actually be something. So I just can't see him coming in here uh, making a big and making uh, hay of the situation here. Zach Evans, the word was they were going to give Freeman and Evans more of opportunities. Uh, that was what cut the sound bites that were coming out earlier in the week from McVeigh. Uh, and then Henderson was kind of going to be more like, hey, just kind of like a break in a case of emergency break glass option because I think they wanted to see what they had in these other two guys. That was kind of the the buzz earlier in the week. So it just smells like an RBBC running back by committee to me that I really don't want any parts of. Uh, to me, this Rams offense is all about Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua right now and Tutu Atwell. So the, that's kind of where this offense is looking to make its hay. Uh, and I just, there's not a whole lot there from running back perspective. That's really going to get me excited, especially against the Dallas Cowboys defense this week. So, uh, I'm, there's yeah. not really, I, I can't, I can't get in, into this. There's a lot of people like that are just kind of, there's gotta be somebody here. Who's the guy I got to find who the guy is. Sometimes the answer is nobody. <laughs> and I think that's what's happening here in this Bears backfield. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Daryl Henderson, I thought, uh, I know it was his first game back and he needs to work his way into game shape, but I thought he just looked big. 
I, like he used to be a, an explosive kind of slasher type, and he did not look like that. He he just looked like a big back that was kind of lumbering, and he can pass block. He, he from what I saw, he's good at that, and they trust him with that. They trust him with the offense, but he did not look like an explosive running back. I mean, Royce Freeman looked explosive compared to Daryl Henderson. Like I think that probably tells you all you need to know when Freeman was the one who looked like he had a little juice. So I've been a, a defender of Henderson for quite a while, but. I don't know. I think there was a reason why he was on the street uh, this late in the season. So it's, you know, it's like anything with the volume. Sure, you can play Henderson, but I, I was not very impressed just from the eye test on this backfield. Yeah, I think we've talked about this backfield enough. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get to our Discord question of the day. Uh, Matthew Kava from our sit start team uh, threw one our way, full plex or full PPR flex. Uh, he wanted to know if he should go with Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid on Thursday night football, um, or should we kind of take a wait and see approach on him and roll with Christian Watson? Uh, he's already starting Darren Waller at tight end. So Dalton Kincaid or Christian Watson in a flex PPR. Well, last I saw Christian Watson, he was lying down on the sideline uh, with what would appear to be yet another injury. So I'm not exactly yeah. sure what his status is, but I don't trust it. Um, and Galton Kincaid uh, is the t- the tight end one now for the Bills, undisputed with uh, Dawson Knox requiring n- wrist surgery. So Knox is out indefinitely. Uh, that opens up a ton, a ton of shares uh, for Dalton Kincaid. And I mentioned that I was on with uh, John Daigle from 444 uh, yesterday. We actually talked about Kincaid as well. And he brought up that Kincaid in week four uh, looked like the, the Bills were trying to kind of get him involved a little bit more and see what they had in him. And he actually ran eight more routes than Knox did, then got hurt. So, and then he comes back, was it last week, ran eight more routes again, uh, with his first real uh, full, full on action. Um, you know, 100% action, and uh, he ended up with a 20.5% target share in a tight end position. is pretty phenomenal. So um, he had, what, a 2.5 yards per route run in college uh, at, at the FBS level in, tw- in 2022. Uh, he he was uh, he had over uh, over 16 missed tackles as well. Um, he uh, He's catching passes from Josh Jacob, uh, Josh Allen. So you think about all you, – all, these are all things that, uh, you know, all check marks that you're looking for in a, in a, in a tight end, who's going to be able to produce, you know, top five, top six level and Kincaid's checking those boxes. And he was the only tight end drafted in the first round in a class. That's really seen some rookies hit at a tight end, a position that almost never sees rookies hit. So, uh, you know, look, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave has been pretty good. Uh, so I, I think Kincaid is the guy is a guy that I'm looking to not only pick. I actually I actually picked up Kincaid in one league and cut Kyle Pitts to do it. That's how much I believe in <laughs> Kincaid. I think for this point forward. So uh, and I was kind of looking for an excuse to cut Kyle Pitts anyway because just the, <laughs> the frustration of having to to deal with it. But I, I felt like this is a gift of the wire for him to be there. So, uh, but yeah, I think Kincaid is a guy that I'm starting every week. Uh, no matter what, for the foreseeable future. And I'm totally fine with starting Darren Waller instead of Christian Watson until we get clarity on Watson. If we get if we get a word that it was no big deal, it's just a cramp, and that he'll he's fine 100% and there's no issues, then maybe we'll reconsider that. But for now, with the information and what we have right now, I'm going Kincaid and Waller. Yeah, and I, I mean – I get it. Um, Watson did practice Wednesday and they, he says he's hopeful to play, but he's on and off the injury report a lot. And it's just, it's starting to get a bit concerning. So he's, he's pretty boom bust in a PPR league. I totally get going for the volume with uh, the two tight ends there. So I'm on board. I still have hope for Watson, but it would be nice to see him get through uh, a game or two healthy before uh, we really trust him. So yeah, I'm, I I think I'm cool with uh, Kincaid there as well. 
the Bills need something. Like they need they need a spark, and uh, anyone who can produce, uh, they should get the ball to. So I think Kincaid is going to get his opportunities for sure. Okay, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, start out with a couple that Drew is higher on. Uh, let's start with the Jets and Garrett Wilson. Uh, you're, there usually aren't a lot of big differences in your rankings at wide receiver, uh, according to consensus, but you're full seven spots higher on Garrett Wilson at the Giants. You have wide receiver 17, ECR wide receiver 24. Uh, maybe it's Matthew Kava. He's a Jets fan. He influenced you here, uh, who we just uh, answered a question for. But uh, what do you think about Garrett Wilson, and uh, why do you like him this week? Well, Wilson's snap share is through the roof. So he actually has more than twice as many targets as any other Jets wide receiver this year. And he has 12 or more in two of the last three weeks. So he's going up against the New York Giants here. So I'm probably too low on Wilson, if anything. I think consensus (laughs) definitely is. Yeah, I mean, Giants have allowed the 11th most points to fantasy wide receivers this year. So not a bad matchup. Um, Yeah, I I think that's a good one. well, you know, Zach Wilson is improving, so uh, that, that's at least something here. So I agree with that. Uh, another receiver you were higher on, Tyler Lockett. Um, a tough matchup against the Browns. You have him wide receiver 30. Uh, ECR has him wide receiver 34. Uh, I know I have him in uh, some leagues. It's been a little frustrating this year with Tyler Lockett, but I, I do kind of feel like he's too good of a player to keep this slump up all year. Yeah, well, news broke not long before we recorded this that DK Metcalf, who missed last week's game, is now off the injury report entirely. So maybe I'm just too high on Lockett right now with JSN starting to emerge. But as John Daigle pointed out last night, Seattle's running more three wide receiver sets than they were before their bye week. Uh, I think they're facing out Noah Fant and Will Disley in favor of their first round rookie wide receiver and try to add some explosiveness to the offense that way. So there really isn't really a, a bona fide receiving tight end on this team nor is there a legit pass-catching threat out of the backfield. So there could very well be enough targets here for all three wide receivers in this offense, even with JSN emerging, albeit with some week-to-week variants. So I'm not scared off of Tyler Lockett. I'm still, I still think he's definitely worth starting. Uh, we always seem to, um, you know, under, I guess over, uh, underrate him, I think. that He always seems to kind of exceed expectations. People are like, oh, this is the year the Tyler Lockett's going to fall. This is the year the Tyler Lockett's going to fall. There's a, here's the reason why. Now they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's not going to produce. And every every year, Tyler Lockett puts up numbers. So um, yeah. I'm going to continue to start him until he shows me that I, sh- that I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm holding out hope on him. Uh, Cleveland is a really tough matchup, second fewest mm-hmm. points to the wide receiver position. But they did give up a 40-plus yard touchdown last week to both Josh Downs and Michael Pittman Jr. So maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an opportunity there for Lockett to get deep. So, yeah, I, I think just with the grand scheme of the league, uh, he's got a pretty good quarterback that's healthy. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, feel free to start him if you need him. I would agree with yeah. that. So. Yeah, and if, uh, if if Gardner Minshew can have a day against the Cleveland Browns, then there's no reason why Geno Smith can't get uh, yeah. can't get those guys involved. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right, let's get to a group of receivers that Drew is lower on. I just kind of threw four out to him here, and I'm going to see who he wants to talk about. So uh, we got Mike Evans uh, at Buffalo. You're about five spots lower. Uh, Jordan Addison at Green Bay, about four spots lower. Cortland Sutton versus the Chiefs, four spots lower. And Michael Pittman against the Saints, you're seven spots lower. So these guys kind of range from wide receiver 18 to 40, kind of all in that middle range there, though. Uh, What do you think about this group of receivers uh, coming up this week? Well, Addison absolutely balled out on Monday night against the 49ers, and he established himself as the alpha, at least until Justin Jefferson comes back. 
Uh, and I'm saying he's barely a wide receiver too. I think that's kind of disrespectful of me to do that. So <laughs> consensus is probably right on him, I think. Uh, yeah. And I think they're too optimistic though about Cortland Sutton and Mike Evans uh, on a Monday, excuse me, Mike Evans on a Thursday night with a banged up Baker Mayfield at quarterback. So uh, I just, I'm having a hard time uh, understanding why Cortland Sutton's a top 30 wide receiver. I, I, even at 31, I think it's a little aggressive on my part. I know he had a, he's had a week or two here and there. Uh, and, but I know, and I know Judy's kind of becoming persona non grata there, but uh, that, that Denver offense is kind of really Jekyll and Hyde hard to trust. So I don't know that Sutton's a guy that I can really hitch my wagon to with any certainty. There's a whole bunch of guys that are kind of all the same in that range. Uh, and uh, to me, I'd much rather have a guy like Addison out there. Um, Pittman, uh, I'm, I'm a little lower than consensus on Pittman just because I'm, I believe in, in, in what I saw in Josh Downs. So Josh Downs is looking like the guy that, um, that Minshew really likes the trusts. So um, he had an explosive game this past week, over 125 yards. Uh, I like Pittman. I think he's a solid player, but I think Downs has offers some things uh, to, uh, enough as a, as a rookie to be able to come in and produce like he's doing. Makes me wonder if maybe Pittman might be the 1A or, or the, maybe the, even the wide receiver 2 to Downs long term. So I, I, I don't know. I 40 might be a little low on my part with, with this situation, but uh, against New Orleans perhaps – uh, but I have a feeling that Pittman's going to see a lot more of Marshawn Lattimore, and I think Downs uh, uh, might might be able to kind of run run a little more free and do a few more things. So uh, I think yeah. Downs might actually be the start uh, this week over Pittman in that game. Yeah, I mean Jordan Addison has been really impressive. I guess if you wanted to nitpick, like that sixty yard touchdown was. I mean, it was a, it was kind of fluky. Let's be honest. It was thrown behind him. He essentially took the ball from a player who intercepted it. Uh, but still, he scored basically a touchdown a week. Uh, seven games into his pro career. So yeah, I uh, keep starting Jordan Addison. I I still am kind of waiting for this. Vikings offense to fall off without Justin Jefferson. And we've certainly seen Kirk Cousins be up and down uh, in the past, but I, you just got to keep riding this while, while you can. I, I don't know. We'll see, but uh, uh, yeah, it looks good for now. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to our quarterback streamers. Um, as always, check out Benjamin Haller's uh, streamers article. Always good information in there each week. Uh, he's also got a, a best quarterback throws article out each week. So he's got quarterbacks covered for you. Um, but let's check out some streaming options under 60% rostered. We currently have 18 quarterbacks that are uh, over 60% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Just interesting to note. So some yeah. of our options this week, uh, Russell Wilson, Sam Howell, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, you want to go a little farther down, uh, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Sam Darnold, uh, Joshua Dobbs, maybe Kyler Murray returns, uh, Gardner Minshew. Like, what kind of names are you looking at here this week, Drew, for your QB streamers? Yeah, I, of these, probably Carr. I, and I know it's a tougher matchup, but don't sleep on Gardner Minshew there on the opposite sideline. So Minshew put up some big fantasy numbers last week against the Cleveland Browns. We just talked about that. Uh, I think he was, I think he might have been quarterback three on the week. At least he was going into Monday Night Football. Uh, he looks to found himself a nice gem, like we said, in Joshua Downs. So uh, I think I, for me, that Carr and Minshew are guys I'd like. I know Joshua Dobbs is. Um, He's kind of your high floor option there. He's got 40 yards rushing or more in five of his last six games. So he's certainly going to get you at least some, you know, floor double digit floor points for sure. 
but I think I think Minshew and uh, Carr offer higher ceilings. Uh, the the uh, Saints are running more three wide receiver sets than before too, which means they're getting Rashid Shahid, who is who is explosive, a lot more involved as well, which hope, hopefully will open things up for Chris Olave and Michael Taylor and uh, Michael Thomas to do more. Um, maybe, uh, of course, we talked about uh, Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson as well. So there's definitely some weapons for Carr to work with there. So no, he hasn't been 100% healthy, um, but uh, it's just I think it's a situation there where I'm still comfortable uh, against the Colts for him, to, to trot him out there as a streamer. So maybe Ritter too, uh, just because he's also been getting it done on the ground a little bit. Um, and he just needs to find uh, uh, Kyle Pitts and uh, and Drake London a little bit more often, and, and hopefully crank up that rush that pass volume a little bit more. But uh, we we yeah. can we we can only uh, we can't ask for too much with uh, with Arthur Smith on the show there. <laughs> there have been some positives with Ritter. It's just been the bad plays have been really bad. So um, yeah. yeah, he's a little intriguing, but uh, he's not quite there yet. I would say no. Nope. So. Nope. Um, if you are still intrigued in Kyler Murray, he was a full practice today, I believe. So if you're playing into Adam, we're getting close to him, I think, getting back to action. We will see. But uh, tough matchup against Baltimore at, right out of the gate. So I don't know about that. Okay, yeah. let's get on to tight end. Uh, look at some uh, more streaming options under 60% rostered. There are currently 13 tight ends rostered 60% or more. So uh, a lot of uh, teams have just given up, Drew. They just, they're rostering one tight end, and uh, they don't even care to have a backup. So uh, what do you think this week? Uh, kind of Jake Ferguson, Logan Thomas. Uh, Trey McBride, now that uh, Zach Ertz is on IR, Johnny Smith, uh, Tyler Conklin, Taysom Hill. What are we looking at for streaming this week? Well, we talked about Kincaid earlier. He was 42% rostered going into this week's waiver run. He's up to 65% now, and that's still way too low. So that mean, that means in a third of a little bit more than a third of leagues, he's still hanging around. So if he's still out there in your league, he's my number one option, not just for a streaming tight end, but he, he should be a put it on your lineup and set it, forget it, tight end, kind of tight end, I yeah. think, from this point forward. So um, if he's there, grab him. Uh, I, th- I think Ferguson has a nice matchup. The Rams have allowed the third most points, uh, fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. I do, We talked about Taysom Hill earlier. I like him this week. Uh, Trey McBride, I like him as a longer-term stash. I think Thomas is also a decent start here against the Philadelphia Eagles defense that's been soft against tight ends for years. So I think there's still there's some decent options here at the tight end position this week. So if you're streaming tight ends, uh, you should you got to be licking your chops looking at what's out there right now. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I do think Kincaid's the clear number one. Uh, Trey McBride is an interesting, like maybe he develops into something bigger rest of season. Logan Thomas, he's got a really nice floor. I know he had that one dud uh, two weeks ago, but all all these tight ends are going to have a dud every once in a while. But he he bounced back last week. He's a pretty solid play. So yeah, I think those are the, fo- the ones to focus on. Taysom Hill just always he's his own thing. I don't know if you're a Taysom Hill person, you go ahead and play him. If you're not, then uh, you can skip him as usual. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to have any uh, analysis for Taysom Hill. He's just a, a unicorn, I guess. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to defensive streaming options under 60% rostered. Uh, There are 12 that are 60% or more rostered, so plenty of defensive options. Uh, You can go with Atlanta at Tennessee. You could go with the Chargers against the Bears, Giants against the Jets, Jaguars against the Steelers, uh, Texans against the Panthers, uh, Steelers against the Jaguars. I'm surprised Steelers are under 60%. But uh, what are you thinking here? Which defense are you streaming this week? Well, I I picked up the Jets in a few leagues because they were 62% roster going to this week's waiver run because they're playing the Giants. you got to be kidding me um, yeah. to leave them sitting out there. So um, I would imagine they're well over six. They're probably in the 80s, I would, th- I would think now. So chances are slim that the Jets are still hanging out there for you. So um, I would say um, 
Miami at home is a possibility. Uh, they're right a little, probably a little over 50% owned, probably close to 60% owned now. They're playing New England, who's had their issues, followed by the Chargers hosting the Bears. I like that a lot. Um, they'd be my next option. So, um, you no know, Justin Fields, uh, you know, the, was it Tyson uh, Bajant, I guess, yeah. is the run of the show there for the Bears. So, I'm not sure if we believe in him or not. Um, I guess he was passable last week in his first career start. Um, can't sleep on Houston here either. I think Houston's very low ownership, but they're playing Carolina. Uh, we have we we there, we talked about some reasons for optimism for Carolina too. Um, you can also hedge that by picking up the Houston defense because Bryce Young has made quite a few rookie mistakes this year. Um, we the, we have some questions about Miles Sanders uh, as far as how healthy he's going to be. Um, that defense uh, has actually played pretty well. Um, Houston's has the last few last four weeks. Um, I don't, they're definitely, they've been uh, a lot t- tighter, uh, as far as points allowed, um, the last yeah. four weeks than they were at the start there. I think they're really kind of starting to kind of, um, answer the bell for D'Amico Ryan's the kind of uh, team and that he wants to be the kind of defense that he wants his team to have. Uh, and they, they have some talent, um, on, in that it's got to put it all together. So there in Houston. So we'll see. I, I think it's a p- potential situation where they kind of like a sneaky uh, ad for situations where p- teams like Pittsburgh uh, and uh, and the Jets and all those other and the and the, and the Dolphins and such are gone. I think Houston's going to be there in just about every league. And I think I'm comfortable starting them as a streamer. Yep. And if you are in one of the 40%, 42% of Yahoo leagues where Pittsburgh is out there and you can stomach playing them against Jacksonville this week, which I mean, isn't the worst matchup in the world. Uh, the schedule after that, Tennessee, Green Bay at Cleveland, at Cincy, Arizona, New England at Indy like that. Those are some good matchups yeah. for the Steelers. So if you can handle the, this week against the Jaguars, uh, go get them because uh, they will rack up the sacks as always. Yeah, and I'd say Atlanta too. We that we'd be we didn't really talk about them. I think it's kind of a given that when you have Will Levis that under center, that <laughs> I kind of I kind of want the defense that's going to face him. So obviously that obviously the Falcons I think are should be a target as well if they're still sitting out there. You can add them. I've gotten quite a few uh, alerts today, notifications that so and so in this league has added the Falcons defense. So uh, <laughs> your your league mates are probably already all over it. But if they've fell asleep with the switch and you need a defense, and the Falcons just sitting there, please go grab them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that gets us through everything we had planned. Um, you can just check out the Sit Start article. As always, tons of good information in there. Drew, did we miss anything that you wanted to touch on today? Any notes from your uh, Tuesday show? Or is that are, you, are we pretty much done? Was this a, a sub one hour episode? Pretty much done. I will say this: a couple of inter- I'll pass along a couple of interesting nuggets from uh, from John Daigle. Uh, he a couple other guys he was high on. We already talked about Dalton Kincaid, and we talked about Tyje Spears. Uh, he brought up Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he's playing more in three wide receiver sets now. That they're they're finally fading. Sterling Shepard and Paris Campbell, who've done uh, very little to nothing. Um, he reminded us all that, that Hyatt is the Bolitnikoff Award winner, uh, and he had twenty receptions of twenty more yards last year at Tennessee. Uh, and, um, I think he was second in routes run in, in three receiver sets recently, uh, in recent weeks behind only Darius Slayton. So he's getting, seen the field a lot more and I've noticed they've started taking some more downfield shots to him. And I think one or two yeah. of them have panned out. Um, but there's a couple of near misses as well. So, uh, it looks like Terod Taylor's actually been pretty good for Hyatt. Uh, but I don't think Taylor has been as gun shy about throwing the ball downfield to him, which is interesting. So, 
We'll see what happens when uh, Daniel Jones comes back. If he if he comes back, I don't really know how no. that's going to go. Uh, it's what a, what a mess that whole that whole situation has turned into. But uh, Jalen Hyatt is starting to flash as well. We talked about rookies that have been that have kind of shown out a little bit, and I think Hyatt's primed to do that. And another one, Marvin Mims. So Mims uh, is uh, he's he's another guy. He's just ran the third most routes amongst the wide receivers there on the on Broncos, which is what you want. He's a he's essentially become that wide receiver three. He's starting to see the field more often now, uh, around forty four percent routes and dropbacks. So now he's a guy. Uh, I've been we've been talking about Marvin Mims all year, uh, and so it's starting to happen. And I, I feel like. Uh, um, was it Michael Scott and the, and the oh, it's happening, it's happening. So I think that's going to be happening here with Marvin Mims. I think, I think the time is coming here for him. Uh, and uh, two other guys he liked, uh, Michael Mayer, tight end from uh, Las Vegas. He was kind of, he disappeared a little bit last week, but the metrics are there to support it. Um, and of course uh, he was, he had a Brian Hoyer problem last week too, let's be real. So but Jimmy G, for whatever that's worth is coming back. I, I think that could be good things for Michael Mayer and uh, Demario Douglas, the, the New England Patriot wide receiver, who our good friend Ben Brown uh, has been trumpeting since, as far as I can remember, this year, uh, well before the preseason. I guess since OTAs, he's been flashing. Uh, he looked great in preseason. Uh, he's played. He played. He earned a role in this team, and he's been continuing to carve out a, a little bit more playing time here and there. And he's just continuing to impress. So, uh, on a team that's uh, where where uh, Juju Smith Schuster has been. Uh, terrible when he hasn't been hurt <laughs> and yeah. uh your best receiver is 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 uh who Ken, Kendrick Bourne is that is that really a thing is that he's is he really <laughs> the best receiver on that team I I totally can see uh Demary Douglas another rookie uh coming yeah. in and, and making a splash so I think there's a couple three three rookie wide receivers that are really just kind of under the radar still in most leagues most traditional 12 team leagues Marvin Mims Jalen Hyatt and the really deep leagues, Demario Douglas. I think those are three guys to watch going forward. If you need uh, to be sold on Demario Douglas, uh, he's also known as Pop Douglas, so you get that that's little right. added bonus. So that's uh, <laughs> that's fun. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know coming up on week eight. That means we're almost halfway through this season. We're approaching it. Uh, baseball's almost over. Like all I can say is just enjoy it while we have it, everybody. It's uh, this is the the middle of the season. Enjoy these games because uh, yeah. It's, a, it's already sad that baseball's near the end, so let's not think about football ending. So hope everyone enjoys this week. Uh, hope there's some good games for us, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week.